You're listening to Sunny Side Up, a bite-sized podcast that brings you real-world insights that help go-to-market professionals evolve and stay up-to-date on the latest trends. Join us as we share best practices and proven techniques from industry experts and practitioners. Today's episode is made possible by Demand Matrix. Demand Matrix helps you complete your data stack with technographic, intent, and revenue potential data to help you accelerate revenue. Thanks for listening. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Sunny Side Up. I'm your host, Mark Bedard. Today, I'm super excited to talk to Anand Akela on go-to-market strategy to win the market. Anand is a seasoned product marketing executive and an accomplished speaker. He leads go-to-market strategy and solutions marketing at Nutanix. Earlier, Anand worked at CA Technologies, AppDynamics, Oracle, HP, in a various product marketing, product management, and engineering roles. Anand has more than 20 years experience in product marketing, product management, strategic planning, and software development. It's a heck of a long resume. Anand, you know I'm really excited to have you. Welcome on the show. Thanks, Mark. Uh, glad to be here. So this is a broad topic. I love that we're tackling it. We get a bunch of different questions as it relates to go-to-market strategy. So really excited to start diving in here with you and uh, unpacking some of it. But let's, I guess, start really at the, at the high level, right? Why do companies first off, need a go-to-market strategy. And I guess to expound upon it, what what can help uh, allow them to successfully execute upon it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, go-to-market strategy. So you have a product, you have a solution, and you want to go to market, right? So if you go without any strategy, you know, it it, it is like you're just spraying and praying. So... Uh, and it is very, very important to kind of uh, understand who you're targeting, who you're going after, what segment that you're targeting, what geography you're targeting, and then build your go-to-market strategy uh, uh, based on that. Let me give you an example of like where I am at Nutanix, right? When I came on board a couple of years ago, uh, you know, there were like 16 different products. Earlier, like a few years ago, when we had one product, it was very easy to kind of go to market, articulate one product, talk about the value prop, sellers go to customers and just talk about one thing. But when you have 16, it becomes difficult. The sellers just kind of start kind of like this, you know, just speaking the name of the products and uh, it becomes very, very confusing. And not only sellers, the product managers and the business units, they kind of went to the sellers and they just kind of kept on saying, hey, talk about my product, sell my product and so on. So it became difficult. And, and if you don't have a strategy and you just kind of go and go to market without thinking about it. So when we came in a couple of years ago, we decided, that, okay, what our customers are using, what are they running on the top of our platform? And we learned that the customers are running database uh, solutions, they're running virtual desktop solutions and so on, right? Then we decided that, okay, let's go to market based on solutions instead of like 16 different product, go and understand and talk about, understand that the challenges customers are having in deploying those solutions 
and then attach our solutions to those, how we address the problem, how the challenges they have. So that's what we started to do is that we started going out with our go-to-market strategy become solution-oriented. And we started to go and focus on three key solutions, database, uh, end-user computing or virtual desktops, and then private cloud. And then it became very easy for us to our sellers to go and not talk products, talk about, okay, the value that we are offering in the areas that they have challenges and what they are trying to do. Mm, makes sense. I can imagine uh, any sellers with 16 products, it must be difficult to even just remember the names, not to mention the different value props. Yeah, yeah. And once you have strategy, Mark, then you need to think about uh, how do we execute it? It's important after that execution is just, you know, like if you had strategy without execution uh, could be a disaster, right? So uh, it's very, very important as a product marketer, you know, we do various things starting from product messaging and launches, planning for that, looking about talking about the persona, who are you targeting and so on, right? So building the product messaging become important. Uh, enabling the cells. So when you can build the message, uh, you need to train the sales reps and the sales team so that they could articulate that, right? They could go to market uh, and they have the tools, right kind of tools in different phases of sales uh, life cycle, right? So they could have uh, <clears throat> in the later part of the life cycle when the customer believes that, okay, technically this product is great for us, but uh, they need some uh, support to go to their uh, stakeholders, their leadership and say that, hey, uh, here is the, like other customers are using it and this is the value they got. Their ROI tools, uh, proof points uh, and the case studies from the customers. Those are the tools that are important for sales at that time. So enabling sales, providing them the right kind of tools to help them and then demand gen, uh, gen and demands and support. So targeting, segmenting, first of all, who, which segment are we going after? What the messages are, what the content are, what's the kind of right kind of content for the top of the funnel, for the middle of the funnel, in the bottom of the funnel, kind of building that and then being a subject matter expert to go and uh, uh, talk in the webinar, uh, work in the events and so on. And then finally, very, very important part strategy is to making sure that you set yourself as leaders, a thought leadership, awareness, working with analysts, working with PR, uh, are, is very, very important to go set yourself as a leader in the marketplace. And uh, uh, different companies kind uh, of come up with a uh, different operating model for Nutanix. We have what we build is an operating model for each of the solution areas go to market uh, that we go with. We have, uh, you know, like a seven layer execution model starting from, you know, uh, opportunity, uh, segmentation, uh, content, uh, demand gen, execution, and tracking. So we have like a complete uh, checklist and processes built that uh, helps us with the execution. Hopefully that makes sense. Absolutely. I, I'd love to recap really quick on that framework that you outlined, which I think is probably really core to uh, successfully executing a go-to-market strategy. So there was uh, four components, and correct me if I'm wrong, but there's um, product messaging uh, and launches. There's the sales enablement piece, demand generation, and, uh, and the supporting elements to that. And then lastly was uh, thought leadership and awareness. Um, and those all, 
mesh together to form a, a unified go-to-market strategy then? That's, that's correct. That's, that's right. So you, you mentioned, and, and obviously your background, uh, you come from the, the product um, side of the fence, the product uh, you know, marketing side of the fence as well. I mean, a lot of the, the questions that we get um, really, I think, stem from folks uh, trying to figure out how to develop messaging from the product perspective. So what are the key or what are the couple um, key takeaways or advice that you can give the listeners as to how they would go about developing uh, strong product messaging? Yeah, yeah. So I think that starts with uh, identifying the persona. Who are you targeting? Who is the buyer? Who's the influencer? And then after you identify those, understanding their challenges and pain points, what are their challenges? Uh, what uh, you know helps them? What motivates them? What uh, promotes them? Right? You know, like uh, how uh, they could be, uh, they could uh, you know succeed in their career. So understanding their pain point and challenges in running the business, doing day-to-day operations, doing financially. So that's important. Once you have the challenges understood, then you come up with your value proposition, how to address that challenge with the, the functionality of the product that you have. And then that once you have those value propositions, you need to support that with proof points, right? So like uh, just saying that, okay, we do this faster is not good enough, right? You have to support that with, okay, uh, either with some kind of industry benchmark or you have customer case studies that say like, okay, we do it faster, like two times faster or, you know, uh, 230 times uh, percent ROI or the payback is less than six months. So you have to kind of support that value proposition uh, with, uh, with some proof points. So you understand the challenges, come up with your uh, benefit and the value that customer will, will uh, realize, and then support that with proof point. And the proof point could, be, uh, could range from analyst uh, uh, reports to customer case studies to benchmark, what have you. Got it. Makes a lot of sense. And and you guys did this uh, journey with Nutanix, right? You took it from 16 products to, to understanding the specific pain points or the specific challenges that uh, the customers are, are looking to solve and obviously align your products to that. I, I assume each one of these products then has, to your point, backing uh, specific quantifiable, um, uh, you know, value propositions or, or incremental improvement, whether that be, you know, efficiency or more revenue, uh, more cost savings or whatever it is. Did you find that you were tying it to the majority to case studies and customer testimonials or the majority to your, to your point in, in terms of analysts and things like that? Just curious. Yeah, actually a combination, right? So let me kind of give you an example, right? So that example should help, right? So, uh, one of the biggest challenges, let me take about, uh, talk about uh, the end user computing solution, right? So we, as you said, as I started saying, like we started going to market with uh, uh, solutions, right? With focusing on solutions. So end user computing, which uh, used our core platform and then a uh, few other products, for example, security files and so on. So one of the challenges that 
we learned is that the customers having problem and when they scale their end user experience starts suffering. So when they started kind of supporting, like started with like hundred users, everything great. The moment they added another hundred, the, the moment they added another, another 400 user, uh, you know, it basically their response time, their experience, they, that started suffering, right? So that was a pain problem that we saw in multiple uh, scenarios, multiple customers we talked with. And so, so the value prop that we came up with is basically, you know, the end user, excellent end user experience at scale. So as you scale, so not only uh, excellent end user experience, but at scale. And we, uh, we supported that with a couple of proof points. For example, uh, we reduced, uh, desktop log time from minutes like used to take, for example, a healthcare customer, like especially in the current world, uh, you know, telehealth is very, very important. Doctors are uh, talking with their patients uh, uh, on virtual platform. And the way they do it, that they remotely log into their healthcare systems. And in, uh, in some of the cases, it took two minutes for them to just log into their backend system. Right. So think about the experience that doctors were having before they could. So they had to do so much extra small talk before they could start doing things. So, <laughs> so helping sure. them minim minimizing the, you know, like the login time, the response time is key. So articulating that the end user experience and then kind of giving example that, hey, we reduce the login time from like two minutes to 30 seconds. Uh, or for example, another could be the scaling was a challenge, right? So we uh, said that, okay, consistent experience scaling from 100 to 1000 users. And we had studies that supported that. Uh, and uh, so that's kind of an example of, of messaging, like the challenge that poor end user experience value proposition is uh, and excellent uh, individual experience at scale, and you supported that with uh, some of the case studies that you have. Got it. Makes a makes a bunch of sense. Thank you. The and obviously, maybe not so obvious, but uh, I'm just trying to think about this logically. Once you've got that solution, then you've obviously articulated it. You've backed it with proof. Then I assume a part of uh, the, the four points that we were mentioning, this is when you would start to enable the, the sales team uh, with that intelligence and then try to train them on delivering that message. That's exactly right. Wow. I mean, you are a fast learner. The moment I, I said that and you remember, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, so that's that's true. Once you have the messaging that, that you agreed on, you work with the sales team to validate and stuff like that, that the uh, the sellers who have been in the market, who have been selling that. So when you're working on the messaging, you validate it with, with some of the key sellers and, uh, and customers and analysts. And once you have it, it ready to go, you uh, enable the broader sales organization. Usually we kind of, we have done it at the sales kickoffs. Uh, now it's virtual. So we are trying to kind of break it into small parts and things like that. But, uh, but before even you kind of go and enable sales on the messaging, you need to kind of gain their mind share because, you know, like the sales reps are kind of, they think about in a little bit different way. What is in it for them? Why they should be interested in, first of all, this solution, selling that solution. So you need to kind of, uh, kind of first of all, sell to them that this is important for them. What is in it for them? You need to articulate that, hey, in order to meet and, and beat your quota, you need to have, for example, if you're $2 million uh, quota, for example, and for that, 
average selling price is say 100K, you need 20 of those opportunities. And in order to get those 20, so basically you help explain them and you could say that, hey, the market size is huge. And then we have been getting and our, our win rate is high. And so if you sell this, you will be able to exceed your quota and go to the, those uh, get presidential awards and so on. So you basically have to get them excited. One, that's very important part of, of uh, sales enablement. Once you have them on board, then you kind of start talking about how, right? So you talk about, you give them messaging, you give them the proof point, but you also help them with segmented data, right? So that is a kind of a part of sell, uh, the, the go-to market and sales enablement that many product marketers have not done as much is to kind of help them in how to sell and who to sell uh, information, right? So uh, if you segment the data, I mean, because the product marketer as a, a go-to market strategist, I believe that you need to have a good understanding of uh, who you're targeting, what segments you're going after, and have that information. So segmenting that data and kind of giving it to the sales reps that, hey, for your area, here are the customers, here are the existing customers. If you need to expand, here are the net new prospects, and these are here are the characteristics. And giving the data to them and then giving them the tools with, uh, you know, like for example, the email here, if this is what you do, you're gonna send out initial email. Here is the call script that you could use and, and blah, 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 blah. So basically you give them what we call a build-up material and the segmented data. So that allows them to kind of really go after the target audience, the, the prospects they have with a script, with a set of tools that they could use if, and then helping them with the qualifying questions so that you kind of bring them towards your product, helping them with uh, objection handling. So, you know, like if you get this objection, this is how you should proceed and so on. So it is, uh, very important to kind of pull all of this together. We do that in a, what we call is a playbook, which is kind of a kitchen sink, if you will, but it has everything for each scenario. If you have that, uh, this is where you should go and kind of learn more about. And we support that with uh, what we call a quick reference guide. So it's a two pager. So that reference guide that you could have kind of at your desktop that you could use most of the time. But if you want to kind of go deep dive and learn more and kind of practice more, you have a playbook to support that with. So uh, uh, the sales enablement is very, very important to in order to uh, improve the efficiency of sales, uh, improve the conversion rate, improve the, you know, like the average time, there are metrics that we, uh, we track and, and uh, uh, manage on an ongoing basis. How long does it take since the opportunity uh, is open to close? And if you use the right kind of tool, if you train the sales reps uh, in a way that they are proficient, you uh, start seeing the value of that and you will see that those metrics will start improving. I love it. That makes a lot of sense. So you gotta, you're doing a little internal selling first on and where you, you convince the reps and then you're, you're essentially giving them all the tools that they need in their belt to be able to do the job and then reinforcing it um, throughout on a, on a continuous basis. You know, one of, we, we get that one a lot. And obviously that's a, a very difficult thing to do, right? A lot of go-to-market professionals that I've talked to, um, 
there's a disconnect there, I should say, you know, as it relates to mm-hmm. the product and, and building it and the value that it can produce. And, and uh, there's some, I don't want to say hostility, but there's some friction toward getting the salespeople actually adopting it and understanding the value and things like that. So there's some challenges there. Um, I think that first piece that you mentioned, really selling it to them as to why is it valuable for them, that's, uh, that's a key element that uh, I just want to you know, put special emphasis on um, because I, I've personally seen that one, uh, you know, folks have fallen short on that one before. Um, so I think that's, that's really astute. That's a good point. Yeah. Do you have any, cause I don't want to move off of, uh, off of the sales enablement piece. Cause I know we do have so many, uh, sales ops enablement and, and even sales, uh, general professionals out there. Um, what have you seen any challenges as it relates to that enablement piece of the go-to-market strategy that um, could have been avoided, or challenges that that uh, appeared, but um, you know, stuff you've just seen over the years and, and you've learned from. Obviously, we understand how to do it well, but where where, where are the pitfalls? Yeah, I think, and yeah. So let me give you one example. Uh, I like to give examples that that uh, uh, cements the idea. Uh, of uh, the challenges as well as the solution for those. So, you know, what happens like you are in the self life cycle, you have a pipe that starts, but many times the pipe, sometimes you feel that the pipe is stuck. I mean, you heard this phrase, like people say that pipe is stuck, it's not moving. Mm-hmm. And then uh, as a go-to-market uh, strategist or a product marketer, you need to be looking at the pipe and seeing like what's going on, where is the pipe uh, stuck and why? So, for example, I will give you an example is that in one of our plays, we noticed that, and there are like multiple stages of the pipe, right? So, uh, one of the kind of uh, uh, toward the second uh, half of the pipe, starting of the second half, uh, there's a stage we call it technical win. And we found that, you know, two thirds of the pipe is stuck there, it's not moving, it's not going beyond that. And uh, when we looked at that, and we found that, okay, so like we have, customers who like our product, but they're not able to articulate the value to their stakeholders, to their, to their, uh, you know, the, the, the economic buyers who are kind of going to write the check. So we, uh, once we learned and understood that, we built a, a asset, we worked with Forrester and Forrester has an asset that they build, they call it uh, Total Economic Impact Study, TEI study, where they interview multiple customers, build a financial model uh, based on that, which clearly highlights that, okay, that this is the value perceived, that they were able to come up with the ROI, they were able to come up with the, you know, like the, the payback time and so on. And that became a solid asset. And the, uh, once we launched that, once we made that available to our sales rep, we saw that, that we started to move the, the pipe, which was stuck. And we started to kind of move it towards the, 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 the win or close, but they were at least able to go and kind of move it from there. So that's kind of one challenge that we have seen is that sales kind of goes, uses whatever tools they have. And they say like, wow, it's, we are not able to close it. And so you need to be looking at that, understanding troubleshooting and understanding the reason behind it, and then come up with a strategy and tools to support that. Got it. Makes sense. Love it. One of the things you, you were talking about there, Anand, was 
the different uh, layers within the actual sales pipeline. And I think one of the, the four elements that we, we haven't hit on uh, is at the very top of, uh, of, of those layers of the pipeline, which is really on the, on the marketing side, on the demand generation side, you know, prior to it even becoming an SQL and, uh, and hitting the sales funnel. Um, can, can you talk a little bit about how, uh, you know, having a successful go-to-market can be applied uh, for the demand gen sense as well. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. And that's the key part, yeah, to start there. That's where you generate the leads that you could follow up in the pipe and stuff like that. So, and then kind of, uh, let's go back to what we talked earlier in the messaging. So understanding the persona, who are you targeting? What are their pain points? What motivates them? So, you know, like I'm bringing it back because that's the core of the messaging, but that helps in the campaign strategy as well. So at the top of the funnel, the people you're targeting, you need to have the message uh, for them, right? So it is, if you kind of targeting someone and giving message about someone else, it is not going to uh, resonate. You will not get leads. You will not get, even you get somehow, you know, like they kind of like this thing, you are not able to kind of turn that into SQL and so on uh, because they were not the right MQL to start with, right? So uh, I'll give you an example. So like we, in, I talked about one of the solutions that we are going after is database solutions, right? So the customers who are running database on the top of Nutanix. We have not served that customer very well in the past, right? So what we have done is like typical IT ops guys, like IT practitioners, that's who we served. So our messaging and everything was kind of focused on that. But for the solution that we have for database is kind of a a product called ERA that uh, supports our core platform. It's targeted to the DBAs, how to provision, how to backup, how to clone and so on. And our messaging, were, we were still talking to the IT guy. We were not talking to the DBAs. And we saw that once we did this, uh, this exercise of messaging and, and, and database-focused solution and uh, built content, our email, our nurture, our, our top-of-the-funnel content, which is targeting and talking with, you know, it's pretty much like you're talking with that individual at the database in their language, in their terms, we saw tremendous improvement in the MQLs as well as the the conversion rate from MQL to SQL. And so it's important to start with, to kind of uh, start uh, with the right persona, right messaging, uh, and then kind of like work on uh, making your content attractive to them, you know, like making it in a way that kind of uh, engages with them, right? You know, like short form, visual, video, I mean, these are the techniques that works better than like long form. Long form can come later once they kind of in the middle of the funnel or bottom of the funnel when they are really trying to see, okay, I have to decide between A and B and C, I need to learn more details about that. So, uh, and then, you know, like you have to kind of train, not only kind of do the the, the top of the funnel, like the only the, the tactics there, but you also need to come up with a, uh, way to train the inside sellers, right? So that they could, once they get the MQLs, when they're calling, they have the right messaging so that they could connect to them and help them turn into a meeting with your sales rep and, and the sales qualified lead and so on. Makes a lot of sense. I was trying to remember back, uh, you keep harping on this message of, you know, know who you're talking to and align the messaging to be able to speak their language and to, and to really resonate with them. And I was 
<clears throat> I was trying to think where did I hear that before? And uh, it was, it was definitely from Monica Kumar who uh, we had on the podcast not too long ago on it. Um, so I, uh, from the Nutanix team. So um, I'm not terribly surprised. Uh, it must be permeated over there that, uh, that mantra. <laughs> sure. That's excellent. So I get, I guess um, we covered a lot. What, are there any pieces or is there anything that we're, we're missing, anything outside of uh, the framework that we've discussed that um, our viewers and our listeners should be um, privy to that, that would lead them to uh, be able to successfully execute their, their own go-to-market strategies? Yeah, the only one point that I'll kind of quickly touch on and then I can sum it up uh, is um, the thought leadership in raising awareness. Again, I'll give you uh, the example of database solutions, right? No one in, uh, no one knows Nutanix today for database solutions. No one, very, I mean, like maybe five people or like maybe 500, but very few people. So it is very, very important for us to focus on the top leadership, raising awareness, putting ourselves at the right places where our DBA persona uh, sit, where they go, whether they kind of, uh, and so uh, working with database user group, uh, Oracle user group, uh, Microsoft SQL Server user group, working with them in the right places, as well as working with the top leaders in database industry who could talk about that, hey, the solution that Nutanix has or the, the challenge area, for example, we have a unique solution for database for customers who are running database on their private cloud, as well as uh, in different public cloud environment, whether it's AWS and Azure, and, and managing all of that from a single pane of glass from one tool, uh, no one has that unique, uh, that, that capability. So they, you could basically clone a database on your private cloud in your data center and restore it in Azure or AWS and, and bring it back and so on. Uh, and if you have Oracle, SQL, you have Postgres, multiple of them, you could manage all of them from one tool. So, but in order to get this, this value out and raise awareness, it's very, very important to focus on thought leadership strategies through working with the analyst, working with what uh, the publications and, and coming up with the strategies that helps with the thought leadership and raising awareness. So uh, kind of to sum it up, Mark, uh, I would kind of go back and talk about those four things at the core of, of uh, a successful a winning strategy is having a, a, a really well-thought go-to-market strategy. Uh, and then it needs to be supported with uh, solid uh, product messaging uh, ideas and uh, methodologies, sales enablement, uh, supporting uh, the demand gen and integrated marketing efforts. And finally, as I talked about, uh, making sure that you have uh, a plan for thought leadership and awareness and working with uh, the ARPR, social, and, and so on. So uh, that's how I will summarize that in order to win in the market, you need to have a core GTN strategy and think about the, the messaging, sales enablement, demand gen, and thought leadership. I love it. There's so, I appreciate that. There's so many different components to it. And then, uh, you're a wealth of knowledge as it relates to go to market strategy. I know we're going to have viewers, 
that are going to want to reach out to you? What, what's the what's the best means? Is it LinkedIn the best? Like, what, what's the best means for for folks to send you a question if they have it? Uh, they could tweet me uh, at a Akela a a k e l a. That'll be easiest. They could send me an email on my first name dot last name at nutanix.com and they can search me on LinkedIn. So I'm available everywhere. Look at that, man. Uh, that's awesome. Uh, the sunny side <laughs> up crew better, better take advantage of the resource. That's awesome. Uh, we always ask as, as we have people on, uh, if there's any, any folks that you would recommend that we bring on the podcast. I'll let you know. I think there are a lot of people who I learned from. I have mentors and I, I should be able to give you uh, some names, but uh, uh, let me think about it and get back to you. Yeah, no worries. That sounds awesome. Again, it was a, an absolute pleasure having you on. Uh, I know we could probably talk about go-to-market strategy. Uh, maybe we'll have a 201. I think that that's got to be the next thing. You know, this was more of a 101. We'll go in a deeper dive next time. No problems. It's my pleasure to be here and uh, share about my learning, you know, like a lot of learning that came from failures, uh, uh, some from successes, and I really like to share uh, what I learned. So uh, glad to be here. I'll take you up on it. Thank you very much, Anand. We'll talk soon. Thanks for joining us on this episode of Sunny Side Up. If you like what you heard, please subscribe, rate, and review us and share these insights with your peers.